0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another edition of Red Carpet's Trailer Trash. My name is Ian Collins, and joining me as always is my good friend and pal, Mr. Connor Rock.
1: Yo, what's up? I'm trying to relate to the youths. The youths? Yeah, Are you going to post a viewers. TikTok later? Oh, I, yes. I forgot. Yes. I know what TikTok is for sure. Totally. That's a. That's a... It's like Vine, right?
0: It's basically longer Vine, yeah.
1: No, it's... Whatever, what happened to Vine? Let's start a tangent right away. What happened
0: to Vine? (laughs) It died because they couldn't figure out how to monetize it. Like, the Vine stars were able to monetize it, but Vine itself couldn't manage to monetize, which is ironic.
1: And then did TikTok TikTok swoop in and figure it out? Well, TikTok is actually... I'm like... 70%
0: 70% sure that it has it's like a Chinese company that's just doing this for surveillance.
1: <laughs> what?
0: 70%? Uh, maybe that's a little high. I'm like 50% sure. The other, I'm like 100% sure that it's, they're just like spying on Americans. But it could just be like a company that's selling the data for it. But I think I saw somewhere that it's a Chinese company that's trying to get facial recognition data
1: oh shit well then i'll have to delete my tiktok that i totally have exactly because I'm, I'm, I'm hip with the youth.
0: yeah the social media age that snap face and twit book or something oh, that's it's too much it's too much that is a that is a bill belichick reference
1: what the hell did did he say that he he
0: is he he's very dry in his sense of humor apparently and so he actually says that when people ask him about like how he, he's been asked multiple times about like how he deals with new younger player and relates to them and like people posting stuff on social media and that's the sort of stuff he says. I think Snapface uh, is his most common one.
1: I like Snapface. That's okay. That's all right. So uh, yeah, how's, uh, how's your week been? How was uh, your President's Day weekend?
0: Uh, it was, it was nice. Uh, I didn't do much at all. Uh, I just sort of, I, I did some laundry.
1: Um, Oh.
0: oh yeah. I just wanted to sit back and wallow in my singleness, apparently.
1: Okay, well that's, you know that's that's all right. Sometimes you gotta.
0: Did Did you do anything special for Valentine's Day with your better half?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I forgot that it was that this happened that weekend too. I'd like um, to
0: point out that you thought President's Day before
1: Valentine's Day, <laughs> which is how short
0: your memory is. Because Valentine's Day is literally three days ago.
1: Uh, it just feels like so long ago. I don't know. We didn't drink a lot this weekend, so it went slowly. Um, except for on Valentine's Day. That might, we over...
0: that might mean you have a problem, Connor.
1: Well, <laughs> no, that's not think. thing. It's, it's fine. Don't worry about it. We went, uh, we went to the brewery next door and they did like a thing where a food truck came and catered like a six course dinner that was paired with their beers. I'm and... still
0: upset that I didn't get a chance to try that food truck.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was that, it was that one too. The Wake and Bacon. Um, it <sighs> sounds so good. Delicious, yeah, all the food was amazing, and then the beers were good and strong, so yeah, Friday night we got a little 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 food drunk and then ah, drunk drunk, and then we didn't drink the rest of the weekend, I've been like running and shit, and it's just I don't know how people would live this sober life
0: uh very slowly, apparently,
1: <laughs> yeah, uh
0: but I'm I'm glad to hear that you exerc You've also been exercising. I've been exercising, as I think we discussed previously. Not sure if that was on the on the podcast or not.
1: But well, now it is. I yeah, I
0: don't remember either. Uh, but yes, we we do have conversations not on the podcast for those listeners. We don't we don't always just say let's leave it leave it for the podcast. Unless we're talking like five minutes before we start the podcast, in which case we might, might do something like that.
1: Which is usually me just yelling about movie trailers. <laughs> yes. You have to be like, hey, we're about to do this. Calm this is down.
0: literally why we are here, why this phone call <laughs> has started.
1: Uh, speaking of yelling about movies, do you want to tell everybody what we're talking about? Perfect. So,
0: yes, this week we're going to do a bit of a delayed Oscars reaction, uh, give Connor the credit he's due. Uh, We're also going to have a little bit of a discussion about Sonic the Hedgehog and Fantasy Island, Uh, and then we're going to look ahead to Call of the Wild, Emma, and Brahms the Boy 2.
1: What a riveting time.
0: Yep. It's, It's... it's jam packed this week because you know what we care about our listener.
1: I don't know if we have a listener anymore. I think they may have left. They gave up on us.
0: Eh, can't I really checked, blame
1: them. I haven't checked the analytics in a while, but that I has who been knows. Good.
0: We may have. I need to actually start plugging this on my on my Fade the Public podcast.
1: Yeah, uh, that'd be nice.
0: But hold on, are we on are we on iTunes yet?
1: This is no. Peak we're behind not on the the iTunes kitten. or Spotify yet. Okay, that's something we need to we need to look is. into, but we will look into
0: that not on the podcast.
1: Let's so, just do a podcast about us figuring out why this podcast sucks and then we'll just <laughs> be like, "Oh, it's it's a self-answering question."
0: <laughs> it's uh <laughs> and that's uh that's what feeds into our self-loathing.
1: <laughs> but but uh, what what do, you, what do you want to talk about first?
0: So let's start with the Oscars. So, uh I'll admit I've never done an Oscars pool sort of pick before. And boy, did it show this time! I I very much overestimated nineteen seventeen, and very much underestimated uh, underestimated parasite. Also, overestimated once upon a time in Hollywood. Uh, yeah, those
1: were the two you were like ready to. Die I was,
0: by. I was hammering them because one they were the ones that were winning uh, a lot of places like. Earlier in the award season, and I'm—it's one of those situations where I'm not upset that Parasite won. I just disagree with it, Um, and I do have a bit of a rant about how I don't, (laughs) I don't. I think I may have discussed it before, but I don't appreciate like the message that Parasite sends.
1: And your 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 theory is or your your stance is that it's very like it frames poor people in a bad light
0: yes it it frames them in a horrible light, basically like all poor people are sociopaths that don't know how to behave in society because they are poor essentially because I see they see this movie <laughs> yeah no so I don't want to get like too in the weeds about how how or why or the plot because I don't want to give away what happens. But just well, so what
1: what I know of it, and I think we can spoil it on the show a little bit. I mean, but it's a, it's about like this family that's slowly integrating themselves into another family.
0: Yes, yeah, so it's a it's a lower class family who's I think only the daughter has a job anywhere, and she works at like a phone bank. Like telemarketer sort of thing okay.
1: uh,
0: and the the parents can't seem to find a job, although they've had odd jobs here and there, and the uh, the son can 't seem to find a job, and so it starts off opening scene is them like folding pizza boxes for a local restaurant so that they can make like a hundred bucks or something i don 't know uh Korean currency, so I can 't tell you. Uh, but just one of the first things that gives away how terrible these people are is that these are pizza boxes. So, like, it's, it's food containers. That's what these are. Yeah. And while they're folding these pizza boxes, like a fumigator that's walking around to sort of uh, clear out rats and, like, just infestations from the street, is is spraying his gas and they have an open window and the daughter asks, should I close it? And the dad says, no, we could use some of that in here to kill some of the bugs and, and like rats and stuff in here. Leave it open. So one, they're stupid. Uh, <laughs> and two... They're clearly poisoning people that are going to be using these pizza boxes. That's something that people... Is not revisited at all in this movie. Uh, And... He also doesn't care about the well-being of himself or his family. So that's just... The the father's probably the worst person in this movie. But what ends up happening is... The way it starts is that the... The son gets invited to take over the role to tutor this uh this rich girl uh her father's like an executive for a tech company okay and he's te- he his friend has been is goes to college and has been tutoring this girl in English and he's invited the probably the closest thing to a protagonist but it's more of an ensemble cast and he's like It's fine, we'll just you just have to lie to her, tell her that you go to college. You you've taken the exams before, you know English better than a lot of people, it'll be fine. So like it it starts off like this isn't this isn't that bad. Like I I don't see much of a problem. He's teaching her English. But the reason he goes to this guy is because the college friend wants to ask this girl out once she comes of age, which one, that's just like a really creepy
1: yeah, that's not, that's not great, that's not... That's not great. That's not uh, an upstanding plan.
0: Yeah, don't worry though, the guy who replaces him, uh, the reason that he wants the the protagonist to take over is because he doesn't trust his college friends to not try and hit on and sleep with the girl. Don't worry though, because the protagonist ends up doing that anyway.
1: <laughs> okay, well good, at least...
0: So not only is he sleeping with a girl that's underage, I'm not sure like, how close in age they are, so I'm not sure how bad it is, but it's not ideal. And uh, I, I don't know if they actually sleep together, but like he clearly has intentions of stealing this girl out from under his friend, which we can argue about whether or not that's good or bad on what level because of how weird it is in the first place. But move on from there. Then he gets his sister hired as a fake art psychologist, as a a fake art psychology tutor, which is much worse because she doesn't know art psychology. And so they're basically just stealing money from this very, like, naive, foolish, gullible woman that's married to the tech executive. Okay. And even at that point, it's like, they're poor, they need the money. That's okay. Then they get the driver fired. Which is when this just spirals. They end up getting a driver fired so the dad could take over there. And they get the maid fired by triggering a, an anaphylactic response. By shave, like putting an allergen near her that causes her to break out into hives. And like stunts her breathing. So they basically poison a woman who has done nothing to them so that they can get their mother a job as the maid for this family.
1: And then did the dad take over as the driver? Yes. So then they all just have... And there's only the four of them? like, Or are there are more than four?
0: Those are the four. But okay. then I don't... I'm not going to go into much more, but there's even worse things that happen... There is a twist that comes in that sort of catches you off guard that just makes it look even worse, for po- makes poor people look even worse, and then the ending especially makes poor people look bad. And essentially the message I get away from this is that poor people are e- can't be trusted because they will scam you for whatever money they can get They're selfish and don't care for anyone but themselves. And the only thing... uh, And the rich are essentially just too naive and too trusting of the people that they hire. That is the message that I took away from this movie.
1: Which, I mean, sounds like a fair point, but no one else has talked about this
0: no instead it's the people have like plot plaw- like applauded and uh talked about how great of a discussion of class struggle this is because it talks about how the how the poor need to do this in order to survive and that otherwise they would end up starving and i just don't see where the movie makes that statement in no way am I. Is it suggested to me that these people would behave any differently once they have money? I have no indication that that's the case. Meanwhile, the the rich people, the worst thing that they do is that they're not polite. They're not like sensitive enough, and they're somewhat. They're like slightly condescending, which I realize that that's not good. But when you're comparing it to people that are literally committing crimes, getting other people fired, their lives potentially ruined, and people end up getting killed because of their behavior, no, I don't think that this is a good (laughs) discussion of class struggle. The only thing that I agree with their analysis on is the fact that yeah, is the, it portrays the rich and upper class as naive to the struggles of the, of the lower class, which is something that I can agree with most certainly.
1: But was it a good movie?
0: Yes, it was a very good
1: movie. <laughs> okay.
0: I good. would probably, honestly, it might be my third favorite movie from the year. I'd have to double check, but it was, it was up there. It was a really good movie. Um, but I still think 1917 was the best, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was the second best. Uh, just just because of the skillful acting, and just the directing was excellent. I also don't know why Bong Joon-ho got Best Director. I didn't see anything that sort of stood out as why he should be Best Director. I understand Best Writer, because uh, Best Original Screenplay, and obviously Best Foreign Film, which is now uh-huh. has a new name. Um, but then Ford v. Ferrari managed to take home two technical awards, which made me happy. Um, the technical awards are always sort of up in the air. It's, it's so hard to gauge what's going to end up winning those. Uh, 1917 did get a couple of awards. Uh, acting categories went to exactly who everyone expected. Jojo Rabbit snuck out, I think, two. They managed to get two uh, two awards in the night, and I was really happy about that. Taika Waititi won for Adapted Screenplay, and I was very happy with that because I love Jojo Rabbit.
1: Yeah, I'm still trying to see that one. It's only... Like, you can't rent it yet. Really? It's, yeah, it's out on digital, but only, like, to buy. As um, of. I mean, checked on Saturday, Friday? I don't remember. Who? Def- definitely one? worth the
0: $4 to rent it, though.
1: Yeah, I... I that would, i'm gonna as soon as i can um who won what won best original song
0: that was the 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 one that we picked the the elton john song rocket man okay yeah
1: cool so, beans right, so i, I have not heard about that one
0: so if i if i'm not mistaken i believe that you actually ended up winning by picking at random <laughs>
1: I don't know. I didn't. I didn't watch and keep track, but I I
0: kept it, track somewhere. I don't. I think you got nine correct. The ones that I hoped won got nine, and the ones that I actually picked got eight.
1: Oh, yeah, well, okay. So it was it was a close game. Um, yes. Do we want to wrap? I mean, we'll wrap this up. Do you want to just go over like the? I mean, is there anything that stood out in like the best category? The I best like those picture are the ones cat- people really, like, care about. Like, best picture, best actor, actress, supporting.
0: Uh, really, not, not especially. Uh, everything went to the favorites in the acting categories. Uh, the only real thing that was of note the entire night was the was the awesomeness of Bong Joon-ho and how he sort of dominated. I think we talked With, about uh, him yeah, last yeah. week. With but, his
1: speeches and alcohol.
0: Yeah. But he, uh he sort of he he the the surprise of parasite winning him best director and best picture overall those were the big surprises i think that if quentin tarantino doesn't end up winning a, a best picture and a best director oscar at some point it's i'm going to look back at this and be very angry
1: because he's, yeah, i mean you've, you've since beginning of this podcast and that episode is on uh the last fm or whatever yes you said once upon a time in hollywood was you were riding you rode that horse and you stayed on it until 1917 and i kind of but that's that's fine all right well, any other fleeting thoughts of the Oscars?: uh,
0: No, uh, although, oh wait, one final thought. do you think that this will sort of remedy the Oscars so White talk when it goes, when the big <sighs> surprise goes to the Korean, uh, to the Korean film, and it's the first time that an international film has ever won.:
1: I would probably guess not. Uh, that's my assumption as well. Mostly because you can never please everybody, and, and my, I mean, anyone
0: who's compl- who's spending their time complaining about the racial makeup of the nominees of an of an acting award show clearly does not have anything better to do.
1: Yeah, like this is one of those things that just I. I don't think, I think people, like, obviously it is an issue, maybe, in in all the nominees. But at the same time, when it's something that's, like, merit-based like this, or not merit-based, but, you know, like, talent-based year-to-year, I, I don't know. I don't think it's worth looking too deep into the, the diversity of the nominees.
0: Really, the, the problem I have with it is that it suggests that it's the Academy's fault. Whereas the problem really lies within the fact that not enough opportunities are given, sort of on the on at the grassroots level, at the ground level, to sort of minority filmmakers and minority uh, actors, at least to the same extent that it's given to white actors and actresses and white filmmakers.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, this and is so more...
0: and so, if you don't get the like the opportunity to start then it's much harder to reach the point where you're the lead actor, or the lead actress, where you're the director, you're the writer of an Oscar pick, that sort of stuff.
1: No, yeah, I I, I agree with that. It's more of like a studio, in some cases, director. I know, and I don't, I don't necessarily agree with this, but Tarantino's caught a little flack for like, being very like white exclusive in his movies, Samuel
0: L. Jackson is like one of the major chari- main actors that he goes to. That is,
1: and, a... and th- that's like what people say. But he never like, except for Pulp Fiction, he like does he? Pl- he doesn't play like a lead in anything. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying this is my stance. I'm Jamie Foxx
0: played like... Django Unchained as the as the titular character.
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a great argument, but like I know that things like that are what people's arguments are. But I, yeah, I don't think it's the Oscars' fault. Like it's not the Academy that's snubbing people of color. It's I mean,
0: the, I, the the real question to be asked of people that are critical of the Oscars so white is which which people of color would you have wanted nominated. In the in the place or and that sort of stuff, and the only names that were really put forward were Lupita Nyong'o, for Us, which she lost out mostly because of the fact that Us was so earlier in the year and people had probably forgotten about it, and it wasn't uh, as critically acclaimed as Get Out was. Yeah. Whereas the. And just looking at the other one, like there was a suggestion that the farewell would end up getting a chance, but and Aquafina would get some nom- some recognition, but there was there wasn't even a discussion of um, uh, of a minor. I guess Antonio Banderas was nominated. Is he Spanish or is he Latino?
1: I, I think have no he's idea.
0: Mexican, isn't
1: he? I don't know so no idea
0: but as for african-american actors i'm not aware of any any actors that were suggested to be nominated in this instead of the people that were for supporting actor and and lead actor so i'm not sure what people were wanting
1: that could just be the theme of our times i don't know what you want yep but you're mad
0: Okay, let's, uh, let's move on to uh, another topic from this weekend. Probably the biggest surprise of the weekend was Sonic the Hedgehog.
1: One, let's talk about my boy Sonic. Two, this is another instance of I don't know what you want, but you're mad.
0: What are people uh, mad about for Sonic?
1: People are mad that gamers, quote gamers... And I think to call someone who went to see the Sonic movie a gamer, or to call someone who plays the Sonic games a gamer, is a bit of a stretch. That's because that's a like... far
0: more casual gamer than someone yeah. that you... you that people that actually are gamers are more people that play...
1: Uh... Literally not. My mom played Sonic on a Sega Genesis like when i was growing up like so that's what i associate sonic with i'm sure there's been a bunch of games but anyway people are mad because gamers are anti-feminist and homophobic for some reason because sonic did better than birds of prey
0: is that a that's thing a, that people that is are saying that's a
1: legitimate thing i have seen multiple birds times of prey, on the i internet. believe
0: and let me let me check to make sure i believe that was an r rated movie Whereas Sonic yeah. is a family-friendly <laughs> movie that also appeals to nostalgia.
1: Yeah, but it's sexism. So, and that, because that's the argument they bring out every time. This, like, first of all, Birds of Prey—the formula was all wrong. They even changed the title now to hope it, it to help it do. I better. believe
0: now the the theaters are calling it Harley Quinn Birds of Prey.
1: Yeah, and I got it. like you, you, that's not going to help your movie. You like. You just suicide squatted it. We were over this last week. But you, you can't... It's the same thing they did with, like, Ghostbusters and Charlie's Angels. Where, the like, whoever greenlit the movie was, like... They heard, like, girl power and then was like, that's it. We don't even give a shit about the rest of it. Don't worry about the cast. Or, don't worry... Well, probably not the cast. Don't worry about the plot. Don't worry about the, the coherency. Don't worry about the acting. Don't worry about the script. Just... That's it. And then they blame Sonic Gamers being the uh, sexist.
0: Well, the cons- well, one big problem is that Sonic the Hedgehog is a better movie than Birds of Prey. D-
1: that you're a sexist now for, just for saying that. That's not the reason I'm a sexist. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, I didn't see it. You saw it. Yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about it. We can...
0: So, by no means is this a complicated uh complicated topic, and I'm not as familiar with Son- the Sonic games as I am with some of the other ones. So, I don't know like how accurate it is that he's like an alien or that he can use rings to teleport sort of thing. I so, mean,
1: in the games, I don't think he was ever mentioned as an alien. But he could be because he's a bipedal hedgehog.
0: Yeah. And but,
1: you, like, jump through rings at the very end of stuff to take you to, like, the next level, but it wasn't really... Okay, like, then the
0: that, that checks out, then.
1: Doctor Strange-esque bullshit that's going on. Yeah, I don't know, but continue, sorry.
0: So that, that sort of checks out. Um, like, the plot actually made sense. It wasn't overly complicated, but it made perfect sense. The motivations of the characters made sense. The reason that they ended up joining together made sense. It wasn't forced at all. It seemed completely natural. Uh, James Marsden was fine as the lead actor. Uh, I found the Sonic, the, the, whoever, the writing for Sonic as a character to be like somewhat annoying, somewhat irritating, but also rather amusing. It seemed fitting for someone who's basically, uh, written to be a teenager, uh, as as a character is essentially just an alien te- hedgehog teenager uh, that yeah. lived in isolation for the last decade, and so there's a bit of angst. So it sort of makes sense. Um, Drew uh, Jim Carrey did a great job as <laughs> Doctor Robotnik. <laughs> Almost did. Yes,
1: <laughs> that would have been a whole different movie. I think yeah. he could have done it.
0: Oh, probably.
1: Yeah, he could have just grown up. But yeah, sorry, Jim Jim Carrey was good. I I heard, exactly what I heard was like, the movie's pretty predictable, but it's fun, and it lets Jim Carrey, like, be Jim Carrey. Yes,
0: it his overacting is perfect in this. There are some scenes where he's basically just sort of dancing to music or doing, like, virtual reality and just kind of basically looks like he's just fucking around as if he was just told to just do whatever wild motions he could come up with and they just throw in stuff behind him on the green screen. <laughs> and it it worked. Um uh, like it was he played like an uh, a condescending jackass that's incredibly intelligent and has uh a great understanding of drone technology, which makes perfect sense with robotnik. Like it all checks out, it all and it, it all stays relatively true to the to the like source material while also taking it in a a different direction.
1: Which you'd absolutely have to because no one wanted to watch an hour and a half of a hedgehog running through loops freeing woodland critters to get to like a crappy boss fight. Yeah, which is I think the formula for all the Sonic games I could be wrong. I haven't played it since my childhood. Uh
0: yeah, and then the the reason like he he sort of forms a relationship with like the one of the most head like I think he's the head of the police department of this small town of a couple hundred people and Ends up, uh, he has a one-sided relationship because the guy doesn't know he's there for many years, and that's why he ends up going to him is because he's seen him help people around the town for the last few years, and he thinks that that's the the only person that he could think of to help him, makes perfect sense. Motivations all make sense. The jokes are a bit, uh, are a, touch and go but it's also a kids movie so not everything's going to really appeal uh there's obviously a few just sort of cringy because it's clearly written for the kids that are watching to find it amusing uh but it works and it's it's really a good like family movie to go watch
1: uh, yeah, and you know what, I just gotta say that we and well I can't remember what you said, but I was awful negative about this. I was I, very I did not have much faith. I did say the thing about the studio listening to the audience, which was still cool, but hey, I'm glad I'm happy for it. Like I said last week, I like Jim Carrey and good good for good for Sonic the Hedgehog. Coming out for for the best best opener for a video game movie they've ever. Which I mean it still wasn't great, but that's fifty
0: seven million dollars isn't bad. Especially uh, I mean they they'll have trouble like making up the making up the cost of having to do those edits to the character so that he looks like the
1: actual character. But it doesn't look horrifying. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no. I can I will say for certain that if they had not made that change, I would have hated this movie significantly more.
1: Yeah, that's just, because you don't want to be uncomfortable the whole time. And yeah,
0: it's just, it's weird looking is the problem. And so I don't, it's harder to relate to someone, to a character that's just sort of weird looking as opposed to being sort of charming. I, I like cartoony. It's better for them to look overly cartoony than to be, make the audience uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, like don't, I don't want to see a real five foot hedgehog. Get out, it's like... Give me a cartoon. I'd take that any day. Yeah. Alright, so you also saw Fantasy Island, right? Yes, that movie was such trash. <laughs> oh, no. The plot I mean...
0: made zero sense. There was no explanation of how these fantasies sort of made... How they worked out. There was no explanation about... it. They tried to explain it away towards the end. And it's like, why did you... Uh, like there's a, um, you're not going to see this movie and you won't enjoy it if you do. One of the main characters ends up being sort of the person responsible for the danger. Okay. And one of them ends up saying, wait, then why did you help me? And there's no really good answer for it. It makes no sense. Uh, the fact that people they survive certain things that happen, but don't survive—it's just illogical to the point of frustration.
1: Oh no! Okay.
0: Which is like there's a there's a certain level of disbelief that you have to deal with, but just the idea. Essentially, what uh, what it's excused with is the first act of the movie and the behavior of one of the characters is that they were acting. They were acting the entire time. And that's why That's why they did it. In spite of the fact that they're talking as if no one can hear them, because there's no reason for anyone to hear them, and so their their monologue that they're voicing out loud so the audience can hear it would not sync up with their motivations whatsoever at the end of the movie. Not to mention the idea that the motivation makes any sense is ludicrous. And then there's the fact that there's only, like, two people that even die in the movie.
1: Wait, really? <laughs> Out of, like, the cast of... Seven? Five?
0: So, it ends up, like... uh Merle from The Walking Dead ends up being in there, but you can see that he's going to die because he's not even one of the main characters. And then... I guess... Uh I guess... Technically, three of I. It's honestly, it's such it, it makes no sense in such a roundabout way that I think two of the main characters end up dying, but one of them is three of the main characters end up dying. One of them had turned out to be the villain, so I replaced her with this other girl that ended up being dragged there, and okay. then there's also the and then one of the people that had died gets brought back to life what? by the island <laughs> because his brother <laughs> wants him to be brought back to life and so that he uses his fantasy that as his fantasy
1: this just sounds like a giant train wreck cuz it is a that giant even, train like, wreck confusing to listen to
0: i i don't know how to explain it because it is such garbage it was It was the worst movie I've seen in a while. It wasn't scary either. That's another big thing. There were like three jump scares. And the only interesting thing about the movie was why is this happening and how is it happening? Those are the two things that were interesting about the movie and what kept me paying attention. They didn't answer how and the way they answered why was bullshit. (laughs) I hated this movie with a burning fucking passion.
1: All right. Well, I don't I don't think we're going to need to explicitly say what you're rating it. So,
0: we'll get to that at the end just because it's sort of a requirement, but
1: yeah, let's go ahead and uh, move on and talk about some trailers. So, let's uh let's start with Call of the Wild. Oh all right so this is the second or the the first of two trailers we'll be talking about that are based on books fun stuff this is obviously Jack London's call of the wild and I okay so after I watch this trailer I've found myself asking a question I do all the time when I watch trailers for this and it's like I can't is this a kids movie I can't tell and I think that maybe I just don't know what a kids movie looks like anymore <laughs> So I had that moment of like self-reflection today. So I think it might be, but also like I, I don't know. My my takeaway was like I'm sure the story will be fine. It looks okay. I like Harrison Ford, but I'm not really sure he's like bringing it to this. It doesn't look like he's in it. Um, but the biggest takeaway was like the CGI just doesn't look great. I don't like the kind of Scooby-Doo nonsense like super personality facial features they're given to this dog uh yeah other than that I don't know I don't have a whole lot to say
0: yeah this is definitely a family movie it's rated PG it's supposedly fine essentially uh Harrison Ford doesn't look super interested in playing the role that he's he's playing uh and then I'm just this CGI animal bullshit is I'm just tired of it at this point I don't find it interesting. It was cool whenever they started it with back. I think the Jungle Book was when they really started to use it. Although some yeah. might argue that Scooby-Doo, the live action version, well, was how they started it.
1: Yeah, but I mean this is like where the one the, the animals actually look. Like the Jungle Book made the animals look like legit real. Like Scooby-Doo was obviously a CGI at the time, but this one seems to be taking a step back and I guess it's just cuz they didn't have the budget, you know, they don't have disney backing it like they did the jungle book did so i i i don't know but i i agree with you i am if it's if you're gonna do it you have to do it really really well to the point that like i can't tell it's cgi otherwise it just kind of looks goofy
0: this is just one of those like it's it's a family friendly movie i'm not familiar with it because i've never actually read the call of the Wild.
1: I just no, I haven't either.
0: I just don't care. I don't know what this movie is going to... It's basically about a man and his dog uh, that he takes in sort of reluctantly. And he... Okay, so Buck is a big-hearted dog whose blissful domestic life gets turned upside down when he is suddenly uprooted from his California home and transplanted to the exotic wilds of the Alaskan Yukon in the 1890s.
1: Yeah, and then they like have an adventure.
0: Yeah, I just, I just don't care. This might be a good book, but I just, it just doesn't interest me. And it didn't seem to be very interesting to Harrison Ford in the film. So.
1: No, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Like watching him in the trailers, like, he just looked like he wasn't really into it.
0: Yeah. So it, I'm. It looks fine. Is basically what I'm going to say. It's not going to be yeah. something. It's not gonna be something that I look forward to seeing, and it's not gonna be something that like I would dread seeing if I were told that we were watching it
1: yeah i I think that's fair I agree with that that's it it's a it's a movie it is and uh I guess we'll see how it turns out
0: Up next, we've got Emma. what did you think of emma
1: okay, so this is the second of the movies based on books this is Jane Austen's Emma, I believe. It is indeed. And I didn't know of the existence of this book or the first Emma, which was like apparently a Gwyneth Paltrow movie back in the nineties, eighties. I don't remember. But uh, I, I don't know. The trailer didn't give off a whole lot. I, it's, I guess it's a story about like young love and the weirdness of being like courting in the 1800s or whatever the hell it is because it's supposed to be a comedy yes and uh i i don't know i have i have honestly like barely anything about this movie it looks like it could be okay it doesn't necessarily interest me but i like i if i see it's kind of like what you just said about call the wild like if you were like we're gonna watch this movie i would feel probably more optimistic about it but like pretty middle ground like I don't really I don't know what it's about I don't know what to expect I don't hate it I don't love it I don't know what do you think
0: I actually think that this looks like it's it's going to be rather charming and lo- like it could be very good uh the fact that it's coming out in February sort of makes me a little cautious to go <laughs> forward on that yeah <laughs> uh but it's just for an explanation the the story is about how Emma is basically plays a matchmaker but uh also ends up sort of starting a relationship with someone of her own but uh her attempts at matchmaking end up going like a comedy of errors sort of thing and so that and it just sort of un, unrolls from there it just unfolds moving forward from there which is sort of a uh like a, go, a good go to it's interesting Uh, I'm not familiar with much of the details of the story, but it looks like it, I, I liked the, it seemed like I was going to like the direction of it from how the trailer was put together. I just, I just think that this will be decent. It won't be great, but I think it'll be above average.
1: And I guess it does kind of speak to something that one, it's based on a Jane Austen book, which Jane, Jane Austen is a very celebrated author. And this is apparently a celebrated book. It and is, two, yes. It is
0: her, I think it's her third most famous, third or fourth most famous book. Her, She also wrote uh, Sense and Sensibility, Pride and Prejudice, and Persuasion.
1: Yeah, okay. So, well, it's got that going for it. It's got good source material. And also, it's going to be, like, fresh because it hasn't been done for... 24 years. Yeah, so... That's like a fair amount of time for like a new version of a movie. You know, like a, new, a different generation to see it. So I, 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 I think you're right. I think it could be good. But uh, I stand by It's not something I'd go out of my way to see But it might be a pleasant experience.
0: Okay. And before we move on to the last film we're going to be discussing, the last trailer, I have one question for you. Did you ever see yeah. The Boy? I did. Okay, so we can have this discussion then. Yeah. Uh, so Brahms, the Boy Two. What did you think of this one?
1: I am so pissed because what the fuck? Like, you did you see? Did you see the boy? Uh, I'm not sure if I saw
0: it, but it, I like it was one of those where I. I didn't care enough to see it, but I wanted to know what, like, the twist was. Because there was clearly a twist. Yeah. So I I looked up its plot synopsis on Wikipedia.
1: So real quick, for anyone who's listening, any one one specifically who's listening, um, the boy, original boy, was about, like, this nanny governess, I don't know, whatever you want to call her, who gets called to this, like, old estate to watch over this boy this young boy while their his parents grandparents I don't remember who go on vacation and then she they like take her around give her the rules of the house and then she meets Brahms who's a doll and she's like what the fuck and then the, they just they fucking leave and they go put stones in their pockets and walk into the ocean and so like the whole build up of the movie is I love like, how you
0: just you just sort of breeze past the fact that they kill themselves by drowning.
1: <laughs> yeah, whatever, it's fine. they out of here. I'm trying to do this quickly. So then the whole build up of the movie is like, oh, it's a spooky doll movie. Like he's moving around, he's where she she Spoiler
0: Spoiler alert, this is about to delve into explaining what the twist was.
1: Yeah, they're making a sequel for it. It's time if you haven't seen the first movie. This <laughs> is but yeah, spoiler alert. So he, it's doing spooky doll stuff the whole time. You know, like it's, it's moving around. Things aren't where she put them. Like her shoes are gone. Maybe his shoes are gone. Someone's shoes are gone. I haven't seen it in a while. And it's all like this doll that she's like, oh, crap. Maybe the soul of this 10-year-old boy who she somehow finds out so, like died in a fire at the house or at the old house or something. Yes. is in the His soul is in this doll. So I got to actually do all the shit that they want so the doll's happy. And when she does the shit they want, the doll's happy. But then by the end of the movie, the like gardener or somebody she's like having sort of romantic interests in comes and they like end up breaking the doll. And when they break the doll, like the whole room rattles, like the chandeliers going. and then all of a sudden this mirror like explodes. And then from a hole in the wall behind the mirror comes a man who is fully grown Brahms, like wearing the mask. And it turns out, like, the doll wasn't possessed. They just had a lunatic son living in the walls the whole time who identified as a 10-year-old boy through the doll. That's the boy. So that leads me to the question is, what the fuck is the boy to? The doll was never spooky. But now he suddenly is because they want money? Fuck this movie. I, am so, I was so pissed when I saw this trailer the first time. I'm glad you brought this up or, like, put this on the, on the docket because I've been wanting to yell about this for a long time. It makes I actually no had not. S-
0: I had not seen the trailer until right before we started, and I. The idea of the basis of it wasn't bad at first. The idea that another family moves in, they don't know any of the story. They just stumble upon the doll, and Brahms
1: is still there. Did he die in the first one? No oh okay well then yeah i could have got behind that but it looks like they're very much making the doll and i will i I cut you off continue
0: yeah the the problem with it is that now it's the doll is moving its eyes on its own it's moving its itself on its own and at one point it looks like it spat like bats or something out at the mother and it's just uh, that doesn't make any sense Like, you've now turned it from being this weirdo, this psycho stalker living in the walls. Which, it's the same house, because you see them running through the, like, the space between the walls at one point in the, like, there's a two-second portion of the, the trailer where that's happening. So, it's the same house, it's probably the same guy behind it, but I'm curious to see how they explain what the fuck is going on with this spooky shit, as you described it.
1: Yeah, and I guess they could be like, oh, well, those are just like, you know, visions or dreams, but it seems like there's too many of them that this doll isn't actually haunted or some shit in this one. And it just, even if they are going with like, oh, well, New Family moves in and the guy's still in the walls, that's such, that's so boring. Like, The Boy was a great movie and it really didn't, it needed to just die as one. I, because like, I feel like they, the, the, Studio was like, well, we have this creepy doll, an Annabelle franchise, that's done so well, so let's just do that, but with this doll. And it just doesn't work the same way. Not that Annabelle should have worked, but it does. it's not the same, and you can't force it in, you can't force a square into a round hole, you know?
0: If there's anything that I've learned from Hollywood, it's that you can force a square peg <laughs> into a round hole. You just have to smash it over and over and over again and force feed it to the public
1: and they'll eventually fucking buy. It. <laughs> I guess that's fair. And one last complaint I do have is like all the like the plot holes aside, every scare that the trailers have shown looks so like generic. And just run of the mill, carbon copy, cut and paste, spooky stuff to throw in your horror movie. I just, I think this movie is going to be horrible, and what's worse, it will tarnish the first one.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take your idea that the first one was a very good horror movie with a grain of salt because it really didn't seem like it. I think it relied far too heavily on the twist.
1: Oh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Absolutely. The only good part about it was the twist. And it wasn't like particularly, it was like a good, kind of creepy, kind of cheesy horror movie. And then the twist happened and you're like, holy shit, like that was, okay. Like the the, the twist really made it. It made it from being
0: meh to being good is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, like it's not fantastic. I wouldn't rate it up there. Like I've had no desire to watch it again. Like I have with like Sinister or Insidious or any of that stuff. But like it's, I thought it was it was a very unique take on what you were very much expecting to just be like, oh, this doll's alive and scary movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, I uh, I agree with you on that. I I think I think that that made it at least noteworthy and actually worth watching.
1: Yeah. But like if you know that, it's not worth watching at all. Exactly. So so yeah, it was but this one, I don't know. I, I don't. this is one of the things that just doesn't need to happen. It's just it's just money. Yes. As is everything else. Money and capitalism always wins. It's gonna possess the doll. Alright. You wanna give us the uh the the rundown, the run back, the the lowdown. So it whatever. looks like uh,
0: I'm gonna say that Fantasy Island most certainly got a trailer trash. I think Brahms Two also Brahms the Boy Two also got trailer trash, and Sonic the Hedgehog got. Where I think we're uh, we're changing the review of it to uh red, ready for the red carpet. But the question is, right, what? That's... I'm gonna. I'm actually. I. What are we gonna call Call of the Wild?
1: I don't know. You know, I I want to say it's going to be trailer trash.
0: That's sort of where I was leaning. I think that but, will be trailer trash, and Emma will be ready for the red carpet. But they'll only be, like, marginally different from each other. And, the, like, their overall quality, I think that Emma will be just above the separating line, and that Call of the Wild will be just below it.
1: That's fair, I think. Yep. All right, so, uh, yeah, do you want to talk about your other podcasts where you don't ever talk about this one? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, if we get onto
0: yeah. Spotify or onto iTunes, then maybe I will talk about this one. So we've, we've recorded, uh, we've decided to make multiple episodes so that we can have a more steady release date for my Stereotopical podcast. Uh, and then for Fade the Public, we've started doing some more hockey and college basketball. And we're going to be doing a few mayor's bets coming up in the next month where I'm I'm going to end up owing like eight cases of beer to my co-host Ryan by the end of all of it. But I'm sure it's fine. <laughs>
1: you guys uh, stop, stop betting cases of beer. But that's, that's the fun part. I guess that's true. When we
0: when we meet up in either Morgantown or Atlanta next year, the, later this year, I, we want to do it in, in Atlanta. We want to just exchange like five cases of beer <laughs> each. Just all of them at once.
1: <laughs> because then you have to drink them.
0: That's sort of the only concern is that, that we thought about that when it was only like four cases of beer involved but now that we're looking ahead and i see that there will be like 10 total i'm like maybe we should split this up a bit more because while the uh while the visual would be very funny i don't think that i think that a lot of beer would end up going to waste if we if we had 10 cases of beer (laughs) all bought for the weekend of like the atlanta tailgate
1: yeah, if it didn't go to waste, I would feel horrible for you. Because <laughs> you'd probably be dead. I I would be. Although you're tailgating, I don't know, if you have a big tailgate.
0: Yes, uh, I'm not sure if I would have that big of a tailgate, though. For oh. perspective, that's 300 years. <laughs> I could have a 30-person tailgate and everyone would be fine.
1: <laughs> that's true. All right all right well everybody thinks well yeah i'm not even gonna correct myself thanks for listening uh you can find us on twitter at something because i don't no one uses twitter so i don't know why anyone would go there we just need to get better at that and that's my vow that we'll maybe try um but yeah thanks thanks for listening and uh until next time
0: until next time <laughs>